0: Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast. I'm very, very excited for this bonus episode with our good sis Roslyn. She is a licensed mental health therapist. She is the founder of the or the Time with God Challenge, Show Up Sis, and the Therapy as a Christian podcast because she'd be out here creating. And we are going to be talking a little bit about um, how to avoid overcomplicating our relationship with God. So um, as y'all know, earlier this year, myself, Roslyn, Tatum, and Kavaya, we joined um, Tatum and Kavaya in the Blessed and Bossed Up Society, which is our amazing online community of women. And we are going to be doing a time with God challenge that is free. Um, This is Roslyn's brainchild, but she's allowing all of us to kind of put our hands in. And so Roslyn, tell us a little bit about yourself, about the um, challenge, and give us an update for those who love you so much. Yes, girl. Hey, you
1: know you my sis. So hey. hi, everyone. My name is Rosa Renee. I am a mom. Um, I am a wife. I have been married for now for four years, almost four years. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be four years, um, which is bonkers. Um, I have a amazing 14-month-old who I love so dearly um, and yeah, I'm a podcaster, full-time entrepreneur. I, my podcast is called therapy as a Christian, where I talk about all things, mental health and God, um, and how I really truly believe that mental health is close to the father's heart. So I talk about that on the podcast and, um, I am the head productivity coach at show up Sis, And I just got all the things going on, Charlotte. So just specifically mm-hmm. about the time with God challenge. So back in 20. 19 i believe gosh i feel like it's been so long yeah back in 2019 i remember i was praying one day and i was talking to god about some business stuff and this was before i had actually i had had a podcast at that point mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of some different ways to monetize or do some different things that I could share a little bit more that's off from the podcast. So I remember God telling me to teach my people how to spend time with me. And that was literally all he said. And I remember thinking, okay, well, how am I supposed to do that? And I remember at that point, like thinking, well, at the time, I think the Internet space was talking more about like doing webinars and classes and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I want to create a challenge. So I called it the Time With God Challenge. And it was basically a way for me to teach people how to spend time with God in a simple way. Um, I was relentless on getting up at 4.30 in the morning, having my coffee and my Bible time with God. And I used to get those questions all the time. It's like, how do I spend time with God? How do I hear from God? How do I study the Bible? All of that. And so that's where that happened. So I did the challenge and I've done it over four or five times, I think at this point, over 250 women have gone through the challenge. um, And it's been such a joy to do because it's really helped people just learn practically. I think practically we aren't taught really what this time with God looked like. I think people kind of judge themselves based on seeing other people's way of sending time with God. So they think they're not doing it right, or they overthink it too much, or they may feel like they get in their time with God and it's, they don't know what to do. And so those are the things that I found a lot of women were struggling with, or if they had time with God, they were maybe going through a rough season and didn't want it to get back into their time with God and just kind of would overthink what that process process would look like. So it was just a way for me to share um how to spend time with God and also how to study the Bible.
0: Amen, y'all. Let me tell y'all, one thing about God, he going to have us out here solving problems and be given mandates. I love that. And I agree too that, you know, and that's really was the premise of God goes and girl talk was I was getting frustrated because people will tell you like, "Hey, you should read your Bible," but don't give you the how. And you're like, "Hey, you should pray." And nobody give you any like practical how-to steps. So it's definitely amazing. I've gone through the Time With God Challenge. It was phenomenal. Prayer calls, classes, the whole gamut. So our time with God challenge in the society is from March 13th through the 26th. It is completely and utterly free. Um, and you can sign up at www.blessedandbossedup.com challenge. The link will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be there too, child. Okay. Okay. Click the link, Link in the bio. Okay. So let's talk about, um, avoiding that overcomplication piece, Because if we, Lauren Hill said it could all be so simple, (laughs) but we'd rather make it hard. And I I really feel like when it comes to the things of God, we are good at that. Um, So what are some like false beliefs that you had when you first um, got into a relationship with God that you found needed to be dismantled to avoid overcomplicating?
1: Yes. So this is good. So I'll just speak for myself. I, I don't have to speak for anybody else because I can only speak for sis. So for me, one of the things I used to struggle with is that if I didn't spend time with God, God was angry with me, that he was mad at me, that I was a bad kid. Um, I felt like I couldn't get it right. Um, I felt like he was going to punish me, like all the bad things in my life were happening, quote unquote, Um because I wasn't spending time with him or I couldn't do it consistently. Mm -hmm. Another one of the things I used to think and still think is sometimes like, um, when seasons shift possibilities come in my life, like I'll do those things and like won't prioritize God. And so that makes all the other things seem bad. Just a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, um, due to just this, this one thing in my life. And, I believe one of the reasons why it was such a struggle is because I think that anchoring your feet in the ground with God um, is one of the one things the enemy doesn't want to do. I remember one time there was... I was in prayer and I remember asking God like, why am I always like struggling within my relationship with you as if I don't know you as if we ain't been kicking it this long. Right. And I remember Holy Spirit literally saying to me, the enemy would want nothing more than for you to feel like you don't have relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Because if he can make you feel like you don't have any relationship with me, then you'll always feel condemned or um, feel bad when you come to me mm-hmm. as if like God, why am I also, then I remember there was another time, sorry, Charlotte, I'm on a tangent. Mm-hmm, okay. There was another time I was going to God and I was just kind of coming back, like with my head down, kind of feet dragging of, mm-hmm. God, I'm so bad. I don't understand why I always, it was coming into my time with God, essentially shaming myself for why I hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit came to my mind and like, think of a relationship where you and the person are really close, but every time you talk to them, you always start off with like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have talked. I haven't talked to you in so long. Like how overwhelming and like downplaying that feels on your relationship. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. the same way with God. Like you come to him kind of dragging your feet and really kind of saying, you're such a bad person. You're so bad. You're so this, you're so that. It creates this like dynamic that that isn't really essentially a relationship It's just kind of you shaming yourself for it. And so I started to really work on and really think about why that was and really having to understand like our flesh is always going to have us all over the place, Mm -hmm. but our anchor is our spirit. Our anchor is the Holy spirit. And so really kind of understanding that helps me understand that time with God was more essential than it really became like a duty or a chore, but it can often feel like that when you have this perception of your relationship with God.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And even, you know, you talked about um, those feelings of condemnation, like, oh man, school is bad because it's making me not, um, I can't spend time with God. And so this is horrible. It's negatively impacting my relationship with him. And I had a similar um, kind of like notion when I first got saved. And I remember calling my Gigi up And I was like, girl, they got me working. I was in nursing school. So I'm like working um, alternate weekends, whatever. And I'm like, I'm so upset because I can't go to church on Sundays because I'm working. Like, do you think God's going to be upset with me? Do you feel like, do you think that I'm putting my job over God like that's not the case because I was so new in Christ like I didn't know but I just wanted God to know like you are important but also my bills and they're helping pay for my school and you got me this job and so my Gigi really she was like, do you not think that God isn't where you are? Do you think that God is not um, you're doing his work by helping sick kids? you think she's like do, do you really think that you're gonna see him face to face and he' like, you know what you were helping sick kids and not <laughs> in church. So depart from me. And when she gave it to me that practically, it let me know, one, that I don't, the concept of God that I had was not who he really is. God is love, period. So, you know, he does discipline. He does, you know, he is a judge, but that's not how he sees us. And so when we talk about condemnation, condemnation by definition is penalty. We can't pay the penalty. That's why Jesus came. That's why there's no, there's no condemnation in Christ, not because we don't feel, you know, sad or we, our spirit isn't grieved, but there's no condemnation in Christ because condemnation by definition is penalty and he paid it. We cannot, the sheeps couldn't, all the animals couldn't, he paid the price. And so that is really good because I had to overcome like, it looking like me being in my closet on my face, you know, everybody and their mama watch War Room, and you ain't gonna be able to War Room every day. I'm like, you're just not gonna be able to do it. And so, I love that you talked about um, just that shame and then coming back. Like, every time you see somebody, I, as you were talking, I could see like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, hey, Pooh. <laughs> like, we pulled to God, hey, Pooh. So, for real. <laughs> A long time.
1: And I think, and I think what it, it almost, what 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 Holy Spirit was giving me was like it really creates this negative dynamic mm-hmm. that God can't even like really tell me anything because I'm always coming to him with my head down so it's like there's no there's there's no feeling of happiness mm-hmm. so it creates this dynamic within my time where that is the thing
0: mm-hmm. yeah 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 and and the enemy would love nothing more than to make us feel indifferent or for us to have this negative connotation of like, oh, I got to spend time with God. If not, um, I'm going ahead. And that's not it. God rejoices. Um, Even thinking about like the prodigal son, like he was like, let me get my money early. Peaced out, was out with the pigs. He was out here drinking, smoking. He was out here for the streets. (laughs) And when he came back, his father was elated. And you know, I feel like that's the same heart that God has towards us. So even if you You know, we stumble, or, you know, it's not perfection that he's looking for. And I know for me, being a recovering perfectionist, um, that was something that I had to come to grips with. Like, girl, you cannot perform your way into his love. He just Mm -hmm. loves you. He just wants to spend time with you, period. There's nothing that you can do or that you have to do. So, what were some practical strategies that helped you? Um, as you were building your relationship with God, kind of build that trust and kind of overcome some of those mindsets?
1: So I'll be frank. I'll go uh, short way, then long way. Um, no, let me go long way, then short way. So yeah, long go way long. long way was therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I remember very vividly my first year of therapy, um, probably about four months in, my therapist asked me the question of how do you see God? And I remember, like that, not being a normal question because I'd never heard that question before. But I remember telling her, like when I really sat with it, I saw God as a disciplinarian, and He, my viewpoint of Him, really mirrored my um, relationship that I had with my parents. And really, growing up, my perception of my father was very disciplinary. He only really interacted with me. Um, when I did something wrong. So my perception of God was, I'm a bad kid. You only really intervene when I do something wrong, or you only really say something to me when I've done something bad. And so it created this dynamic of self-righteousness because I felt like in times where I, I feel like I was, I was handling my business. I was on point. Like God would just shine me with blessings. But then when something bad would happen or, um, it created this unhealthy viewpoint of struggle, mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, making decisions that created for me this thing of if mm-hmm. wrong thing at me. Mm-hmm. And so discipline looked like me having an emotional day, me having a really bad week, me mm-hmm. um, not really having a hold on what was going on in my life or feeling like everything was all over the place out of control like I'm a bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also kind of created a viewpoint of some of the things I remember growing up, my mom would say of like, um, well, this is happening because X, Y, and Z. And so I, again, it created this of being conditional, mm-hmm. meaning like, if I'm good, this condition means that you're showing me love. If I'm bad, quote unquote, if I did something wrong, if I go out and want to drink, or I go out and want to party, or if I yeah. go out. And, I think at one point when I was in undergrad, I was celibate for a while. And I literally remember there was a time, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I was celibate for like three years. And I remember there was a time I was like, you know, God, everybody and their mama out having sex and they just living, they blessed. Life. I'm going to go be out here, okay? <laughs> literally, okay? Yeah. Now I was never like promiscuous, but yeah. I had a friend. And so I say that to say, and I am very married right now, y'all. Yeah. So I say that to say, it just became very self-righteous and my viewpoint yeah. was also very conditional, yep. but uh, that, that was based in perception of God. Yeah. And so if you have a perception of somebody that's a disciplinarian, you're going to try your best to be perfect around them. So I'm going to say the perfect things for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and that's going to be like the thing I do. And so it never created authenticity in my relationship. I didn't understand mm-hmm. what brokenness meant in front of God because- Brokenness meant that I had to like show all of myself, and I didn't know if he was going to punish me or what. or I, mm-hmm. in the short way of describing that practically, it meant that really going deep into the word and understanding what it meant to be a child of God that really wasn't something that I understood. And I think as millennials, we're probably the first generation to like entertain therapy, yes. entertain the idea of. Of, of generational curses and all mm-hmm. of these things. Most of, you know, our parents really either masked it or they didn't have any kind of emotional intelligence or emotional language to describe yeah. the things. So I think more practically, it means I'm going to God and I'm saying, I'm really having a struggle day. I need you to help me understand what the season is looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, really grab grabbing hold to circles, like really getting in accountability spaces. I remember the first year me and Nico got married, we joined like a group of uh, they call it life groups at our church and being in those circles with- made me see like my marriage on the other side of like it's not just me and nico there's like other people experiencing the same things we're experiencing and it really mm-hmm. gave me an understanding that like oh we all the same out here yeah um it gave a viewpoint of but so the isolation that easily happens when we're building our relationship with God. Um, practically also like me just being consistent me talking to God consistently, not just in my prayer closet. I think especially in this season as a mom, I have to really rely on active faith. So it's like talking to God and then actually doing the thing he tells me to do in the time that I do it, not just sitting for five days, because I used to do that. Um, Or if something bad would happen, immediately be like, I need to take off work and spend three days in my closet, which at one point in time, I could have done that. But realistically, like being realistic, like, that's not practical in the mm-hmm. time and I have a lot of responsibilities, so on and so forth. So practically, it's really just like really looking at what are my routines, what are my habits, and then getting in front of God and like really, really uh, working through that. Because I'm only 31, but I think of somebody who is in their 60s, God still looks at them as a child like he looks at me as a child. Yeah. So, It doesn't change. It just means I have to grow as I move along in my relationship with him.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I even love talking about that perspective of like how you build your perspective with God, because I was like that too, not even necessarily with my dad, um, but we've talked about this on your show about like the impact that our mom, like your mom can have. So parents are really our first, um, our first introduction to God, yet they're our example. They're supposed to love us with the love of God and set the example and know the expectation. The issue is that a lot of times they are also trying to figure it out. Like I can imagine my dad at 30, (laughs) being like, I got the six-year-old, like, you know, he's being deployed. This is that and the third, you know, the stresses that that would have on my parents' marriage. And um, one, you know, one thing that I really, that was really revelatory to me was that we do compare God to our parents. So if you don't have a great example, we are giving God this persona of what we see. And he's way far beyond that loves us unconditionally. He will like, he will, um, you know, correct us as necessary, but it's like, it's okay to make mistakes. The minute I realized it was okay to make mistakes, it changed the game for me. I was like, Oh, okay. Like you still want to talk to me. You still love me and stuff. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think, um, cause I, I struggled for a long time with rejection from my dad. I, I didn't know that it was rejection. I thought it was just him and my mom's relationship kind of being distant, but Mm -hmm. I was a part of the back burner of that. And as a kid, um, I'm his only blood child. So my sister, who is my, um, who is my sister blood wise, that's his, that's not his blood daughter, but, but nobody can ever say that wasn't her dad. However, they had a closer relationship than me and him. And so I struggled a lot with rejection and and finding out that those were symptoms and pieces of the problem that I struggled with rejection. Um, And so it made sense into where I felt like if I did something wrong, God was like completely casting me away,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. it took
1: a long time for me to learn how to accept God's love because I had no real formal example of what that actually looks like. Because the only "quote unquote" love I had was rejection. It yeah. always was based in conditional love or rejection. Yeah. Um. And so, not as a kid with no real emotional language. Yeah. With no real awareness of what it is, you don't know at the time. That's what you're struggling with. But my reaction to it would be to close off, to shut down, to isolate for months at a time, to not talk to people, to kind of stay in my own mind, to feel Mm -hmm. like everybody's out there living their best life. And here I am just not, you know, and so um, really dealing with that perception um, really helped me. Yes, and it's still an ongoing thing. It's always I feel like it's going to be something I'm constantly working through, and God knows that, which I think is why He approaches me in the way that He does with certain things, mm-hmm. because it's helpful for me to understand. Like I'm always going to be here for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And meanwhile, while you're talking, my dad tries to call. I'm like, oh. Ah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I love that, and even you know, like that shifting of of perspectives. I'm grateful for my dad because my dad, he was, he was great. Um, but even still, you know, not perfect. Um, when he was home, cause he was always deployed. It was really, it was like growing up in a single parent household. My dad, his job in the military, um, I think he probably lived with us maybe three years max, not even consecutively out of the 17 years I lived at home. And so, you know, He's amazing, but also there were some some gaps there. And it, um, with my mom, it was she was a marine, she's a marine, so you know, like perfection is required. And you even talked about kids having emotional language. I know for me, growing up black child, are we allowed to have emotional language? <laughs> are we are we allowed? And so it took, even you know, as I got into my relationship with my husband, and to be able to come to God. I used to feel like oh can I tell God that I'm upset <laughs> like God I'm mad I'm mad at you I'm like and I'm and I'm mad um and I remember the first time I ever was like God I'm mad at you like I'm disappointed about this it felt so awkward but then the wave of like peace and emotion that I got after just being able to state like okay this is i he already knows first of all <laughs> but this is why you know I'm it's not clicking. Um, and it was actually God telling me that I was upset. So I was like in church and I'm like, God, this just ain't hitting the same. Um, and it was right after my grandmother had passed away. And I was like, what is going on? Like, and I'm like talking to him. I'm like, I got my hands up. I'm trying here. I've, I want to feel connected, but I didn't feel it. And he was like, you're mad at me. And I was like, actually, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I just start like bawling, crying, but once we get to that place of authenticity, he can work with that. Um, Once we let him in, he can work with that. And so it really was dismantling, you know, family habits, things like that, dismantling my own thoughts and perceptions and really taking God at face value, getting in his word and learning who he is, God is love, Um, he provides peace, Uh, how much more would he, you know, care for you, he has a cattle 1,000, like the way that he views us, that you're the head and not the tail, and he wants to be intimate with us, he's known us since before we were even walking this earth, that perspective shift of really getting to know him without the um, input of other people changed the game for me for sure um so what were some some like what, do you have any like go-to scriptures when we talk about building trust and relationship what were some of your go-to scriptures that you love
1: um Ephesians 2 10 which basically says that we are God's masterpiece mm-hmm. created in Christ to do the things that he planned for us long ago um Romans 12 transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to know the good and perfect will of God. But also in the NLT, it talks about God changing your thoughts, um, and really, really allowing God to change the way you think about things. Mm -hmm. Um, when it also comes to building relationship, John 15, the whole chapter of John 15, which talks about God being the vine, Jesus being the vine and God being the gardener. Um, because I think we don't really do well on the fact that pruning is hard. Yeah. What that chapter in particular always reminds me of is one that I'm Jesus's friend. Cause it also talks about, we are no longer, we are, if uh, what Jesus is talking about, um, he now calls us friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also talks about how, it always is a fresh reminder that when things are going well and I'm producing and I'm seeing the harvest and the be- the blessings of God, that God will always find a way to help me to produce more. And I think when we get into a mind space of things are bad. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded that that pruning process is is proof that I'm doing good., yeah. um yeah. Also, uh, James One, where it talks a lot about we we'll go through various trials, Ask, like, it's helpful for us because I think, again, I think I rely a lot on understanding that things aren't bad because I'm bad. Mm -hmm. Things might, when I use bad like loosely, but things might be challenging, not for the purpose of me, but more so because I'm growing and just asking God for wisdom. um, I think, um, what other scriptures can I rely on? The whole book of Ecclesiastes has been really helpful to me over mm-hmm. the course of um, over the course of like the last probably six months especially being a full-time entrepreneur yep. Um, yep. really relying on scriptures that talk about God's love so 1st John 4 um, what other scriptures of is it I don't know if it's 1st Corinthians or 2nd Corinthians 13 where it talks about love being patient love being kind mm-hmm. um, the scriptures about the fruits of the spirit mm-hmm um that's been helpful in just really understanding again like the perception piece is huge like i think we don't realize how much we're conditioned as children and i think people think it's not that deep like i think it's easy to say oh well, yeah that happened to me when i was 5 mm-hmm. like oh yeah okay But that happened to you and it becomes a stamp in your mind that impacts can impact the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people who are adults now will say, well, why didn't God stop that? Or why did God allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. Or why why God must not love me because that happened. And really what the reality is, is that sin is in this world and that the people that are in charge of taking care of us are sinful people. Yep. And so yep. they sin and we become impacted by their sin, just yep. as much yep. as Adam and Eve have now impacted the entire world because of their sin. Yep. And so because of that, it's not in the necessary nature of like God stopping it, but more so we have free will, and we are directly impacting on that. However, God has a funny way of still coming into our lives and changing them because now we're able to have the freedom to build a relationship with him mm-hmm. to then work on forgiveness and all of those kinds of things. And so I think perception is huge. And we can't think it's not that deep when it really is. The problem yeah. is we don't really want to deal with the deep stuff. We just want to kind of deal with surface. And what I've recognized more than anything over the course of probably the last five years of really being like walking in this safe walk yep. is that God really wants to take care of the deep stuff because the deep stuff is really what has impacted me to not see him the way that I want to see him, but also walk in the full potential of who he's called me to be. I think there are things that patterns that come up constantly that if not dealt with or talk to him about, Um, it can become a stumbling block. And I think more than anything, as believers, we don't want to have stumbling blocks, but they happen. And so Mm -hmm. the first way to deal with that is really to um, rely on the word because Mm -hmm. your emotions will have you all over the place, but allowing the word to be your anchor. Um, In this season of time, I realized there is a lot of fruit that's being produced. And I'm realizing, oh, while I'm frustrated over here, obviously things might be happening because there's more fruit that needs to be produced from the life that you've given me, God. So mm-hmm. it just becomes a, a gentle reminder. Yeah. Um, so those scriptures, I would say, like, those are things that come in my mind that I can think of that are really, really pivotal, um, in my heart. I would say for sure Ephesians 2.10, because yeah. I never saw myself as a masterpiece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, I thought I was just a kid that, yeah. I, I used to think I was God's minion, like all kind of little things. Yeah. And what that scripture made me think of was like, no, just like people fly to Paris to go see the Mona Lisa and send thousands of dollars to wait in line to go see a painting that sits on a wall Yeah. that's considered a masterpiece. I'm considered God's masterpiece as his kid and yep. like how to find value in that.
0: Amen. I love that. I also want to, so two things you said that really stuck out. You talked about, um discipline and last week we did a bible study i kind of started it out and i asked all the ladies in the community i said when you hear the word discipline what do you think and the a lot of the feedback was like structure rigid um someone said isolation um boundaries right like there were all these words that a lot of them had a lot of negative connotation and what i had to realize was that God's discipline is a sign that he loves us. And we were really kind of tackling that because the word says that I discipline those whom I love I think it's in revelation. And so understanding that God's correction, um, he wants us to, you know, grow. He wants us to align with the person that he saw before we entered the sin filled world. And so the, the struggle that we have is trying to undo all of those deep things right because they do matter you can have like a a cut on your hand and on the surface it doesn't look good but if it gets infected underneath the skin we got to do debridement like without doing that you could be at risk for losing your limb and all that kind of stuff and so a lot of times we need to like debride and get all this stuff up you know we talk about things like erickson um erickson the child the stages of development Mm -hmm. you like mistrust versus doubt That stuff happens like preschool (laughs) where you are, you know, this, this um, event happened and it really changed the way that you talk to people. Like, so for me, um, you know, growing up in a household with my mom and I think most black kids, like our opinion, yeah, you don't have one because you don't pay bills. And so, uh, or, you know, why, like, why do you feel this way or or how, again, having that emotional language that. Did not serve me in my marriage because I would be upset about something and then just wouldn't say nothing to my husband because of a condition or the way I've been conditioned, thinking that, like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not going to impact anything. Just deal with it. And it was very um, cumbersome in that relationship. And it's the same way with God. God wants us to bring our troubles to Him um, so He can help direct us, guide us, love us, um, correct us if need be, give that discipline. And so I thought that was really great. And then you talking about your troubles not being directly related to you being naughty. um, It reminded me of this scripture and I found it. It was Luke 13, two through three. And I'm gonna read that one. It said about the time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. And Jesus asked, Do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people in Galilee? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. You will perish too unless you repent for your sins and turn to God. And to me, it's just that it shows that they didn't do nothing. It's just people are sinful. Stuff happens. We're told that you will have trials. You will have tribulation. And what I've learned is it's either a sign that I'm growing or it's an opportunity for God to reveal himself to me and we have
1: not to interrupt you Charlotte but I
0: feel like
1: more often than not it's probably like so much more 90% like God revealing himself yep to show if not a hundred percent how worthy he is because in our own nature like I think of even just probably myself being frustrated and overwhelmed maybe in the past month, like how negative mentally I'll get. Mm-hmm. Just like where your mind goes to when you're so overwhelmed, how much I was listening to something that was so good the other day. Oh my God. It said, now one scripture in the Bible where Jesus was walking the earth, did Jesus ever talk bad about himself?
0: Come on. Baby.
1: Come on. And the first thing we do when we are struggling or overwhelmed, we immediately criticize ourselves. Yep. So even checking the temperament of Christ when he was, you know, going through all these things, his temperament remained the exact same. It was never negative. But that's like the first thing is like, I beat myself up all the time. Yep. And so I say that to say all the time that, it becomes a way of God showing how worthy he is, but also how beautiful relationship with him is to be able to have the opportunity to see Mm -hmm. how worthy he is because of these reasons. And so it's always a place I feel like for him to show himself, but also the other side of that is an opportunity for us to really begin to walk in the fruits, the fruits of forgiveness. I think to experience childhood trauma or whatnot and be able to say, I forgive that person. Yeah. Ain't no way in your own self. You would be able to do that. There's, there's, there's no, because naturally we're just mean yeah, people. I like we're just mean, bad people. By default. But in God, we are justified. We are transformed. Yeah. We have humble hearts. Yep. And so it's an, a beautiful thing to really walk in. Um, And I think if, You know, I think even as I'm having this conversation, I'm thinking of just times where how it's just so refreshing to even be able to just remember how worthy the Lord is because then you are able to really accept it and walk fully in it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And even that negative self-talk, one day I was, especially when it comes to like our physical appearances and things like that. And I had said something greasy about myself and God was like, so are you telling me I made a mistake? And I was like, oh, okay. Because when we... Yeah, Like when we do that, it's basically telling God that he's not perfect. So he's either perfect or he's not, but it's, he is. So you complaining, you know, us complaining, and it's not that we can't take care of our bodies or shouldn't or can't wear makeup, but it's just, we really talk so greasy to ourselves and we will lay with these thoughts. That the enemy plants there, and we we lay with them, and we know you know the Lord tells us to to cast or throw away or separate ourselves from thoughts that try to exalt themselves above God. If God says that I'm His masterpiece, how you gonna call me ugly though? <laughs> and I'm talking to me calling me ugly because a lot of times we would never let someone off the street come and and talk to us the way that we talk to ourselves. We would be throwing hands.
1: <laughs> we be I mean, there are things hands. that I think about. Yeah, there are things that I think about that have come up as being an entrepreneur. And I think entrepreneurship is one of the, like, I think it's like when you're in the the trenches of it, Mm -hmm. you are fighting your mindset all the time. It's like everything that could ever like come up, comes up. Yes, It's a a process that I think when you're doing it, what God is, is, is necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But you really begin to see just how much deep rooted, Insecurity and um, lack of patience, and um, just self-righteousness and like lack of humility, you see um, with yourself, and it's it's really important that more for myself that I've realized that I don't know the future, yeah. But in all things, that always works everything out, mm-hmm. even when I he's working like the Lord has been showing me a lot of like. Um, hidden impact lately with just myself. But, and I say that to say, this is why having that relationship with him is so important because there are certain things that I can't do that God knows will help me. And so for anyone who's just struggling with getting to, might be at a place of discontentment or wanting to just get back reconnected, there's always a restart point with God. I don't Mm ever do or have where you can't just naturally restart off where you left off yep. and like get back into it. And so it's just helpful to have that grounding and anchoring with the Lord because it becomes a necessary thing because the world will sway you in 50 million directions if you allow
0: mm-hmm. it. Amen. I, as you were speaking and you talked earlier about us being God's friend, it reminded me of, you know, how you have that one friend that where y'all don't, y'all, even when y'all don't talk when you get back together, it's like you never missed a beat. Girl, never a beat. That is the relationship with God. And then you talk too about um, how spending time with God really helps. So can you kind of talk a little bit more about that on how spending time with God will help us avoid overcomplicating our walk with him?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've heard more often than anything is two things. Um, from people and also the personal things I've thought of myself when there's a um, when there is a what's the word I want to use um, an impact of me being able to get to my time or feeling mm-hmm. like my time with God can be quality or my time with God isn't is like it's not a huge priority like immediately that is spiritual warfare because anything that is meant to take me away from my personal relationship with God or ever like pull me out of that space with him is warfare because there's always an enemy trying, the enemy's whole role is to lie to us, to steal from us, who tries to kill us and to try to destroy us. And if lying to me to make me feel like I can do all this other stuff and time with God later um, or stealing my time away from him, making it not impactful yeah. or um, killing my spirit man. That is like trying to so hard to get to this personal quiet time with him, to be able to spend time with him or destroying my relationship with God by telling me that it's not enough or I'm not doing enough or making me Mm -hmm. feel like I have to strive and really God says that my his his yoke is easy his burden is light yes if the enemy's whole role is to pull that away from me that is actual warfare and we just need to be reminded of that because I think we get too caught up and not knowing like just those small increments of time really make a difference on the other side of that to make it practical for you um really just starting off like the other thing is really people kind of approaching the word and they say they don't know where to start Mm -hmm. um one of the easiest places to start even if you're just going to like say i'm going to read a bible read a chapter of the bible of the day or whatever you want to do is start in the gospels if you never know where to start matthew mark luke and john are your go-to places or proverbs Mm -hmm. yeah reason why i say proverbs because proverbs is wisdom and there's 31 days in the month. There's 31 proverbs. It don't matter if it was today, February the 22nd. Proverbs 22. Like you can't say you don't. You can't. There's nothing you can read or read yeah. or or study. Um, but also with making it simple is turning on worship music. Mm-hmm. Journaling, like you can journal your thoughts down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to a place where you can just kind of talk it out, talk it out to God, mm-hmm. uh, and just finding what works for you. Some people may not journal, some people may talk. I'm a talker. I've found more lately that I talk more than I write. Sometimes I'll just blurt out, okay, God, this is what I'm feeling. There's so many resources, the Bible app. Um, she Reads Truth, which is on, is online. There's an app for that too. Mm-hmm. There's so many opportunities where you can connect or learn or read or find places where you can gain some perspective. Joining some communities online. I know we have the society, we talk about this all the time. Like That is a circle of women who are like-minded that want to stick out the Father's heart. Yes. Whether you have a business or not, you can just connect on there with just finding out about the Lord. Amen. And so getting into spaces like The Challenge, where you can really learn and hear some, some edifying things that can really help you sermons on YouTube. Like there's an exhaustive amount of information out there. And sometimes it might be information overload, which is where I always say, start small journaling and maybe reading a chapter or so and start there do that for three days then work your way up to whatever you feel like you want to but I would say really getting into a place with God is just really finding what works best for you in the season you're at yeah. when I had Elijah I couldn't do getting up in the morning and reading so what did I do I just listen to sometimes I listen to some in, instrumentals um I would listen to a sermon one mm-hmm. of the things that helped me throughout my postpartum time was I talked to friends on FaceTime all the time and just relationship was a great way for me to like get back connected and get back into a place where I didn't feel isolated Mm -hmm. so those are like some very small practical things I know I listed out a ton which is why I can say like there's not never not a resource um for anything um and just that makes it Understandable that God has given us a plethora of things yes. to steward our spirit and steward our relationship with Him. Because yeah. even relationship with him is not just sitting in your quiet time, relationship with God is connecting with other people, talking yeah. about your problems, being vulnerable, venting about what's going on, because relationship is the gift that God has given us. Like it is a gift for me to have a husband, yeah. and I recognize yeah. that I don't have to burden myself so much because I have a partner. That's not necessarily God coming down here and talking to me, but he's giving me the gift of that through having a partner. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes a relationship I can steward and grow in my own personal relationship with God with that as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, when you think about when God, like throughout creation, he called everything good until um, Adam was by himself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be married. You just need to be in community with someone else. You need to have a friend, someone who is rooted in God, and they're going to be able to pour into you. Um, I love all of those examples that you gave there. We do have so many resources, and we have the victory. Like, we win. We straight up win. We are winners. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. And so I had to really understand that I I win at this. And so in order for me, that's what they mean by like walking in victory. That means that you could be saved, but if the devil is going upside your head every day and you're miserable, God doesn't want us to be miserable here. He you know, Jesus came so we could have life and have it abundantly, um, even throughout the trials and the tribulation. And, you know, it'd be ghetto out here sometimes, right? Even with that, you can still have peace. You can have love. You can have community. um, You can prosper in your physical health, prosper in your businesses. And that really is the thing. It's not that you never have issue once you get saved, but you have a different perspective knowing who's on your side, the King King and the Lord, the Lords, like that, that's it. Um, I loved even um, like taking prayer walks. So I know people who take prayer walks and listening to scripture, sitting out front or out back um, and just sitting in silence, drinking your coffee and having your coffee with God. Like that is spending time with him to where you just thank him for who he is, just to really allow him to pour into you through the world that he created. The wind is blowing, the sun is coming up. I love when I can gather myself to wake up before the sun comes up because I like to sit and watch it out the window or sometimes I just go on the porch. That is me spending time with God just in awe of what he's made. Um, some people like if, when I had to ask God, I was like, so the Bible said to pray without ceasing, but I got to (laughs) work, Like I got to get up from here. Um, but that. I learned that just inviting God into my day. So before I go in the clinic, praying for my staff and my patients, um, you know, maybe reading a scripture and dedicating and consecrating my lunchtime with him. There are so many ways that you can spend time with God and it be authentic to you. I love watching on Amazon. They have this series called the Bible and it's just all of these stories. So even watching those, um, it doesn't have to be a sermon. It's just them, you know, telling the story the there's this show on um you can download it on apple called the chosen fire fire i mean i've cried tears watching this show so there's so many ways that we can spend time with god that are simple um that you can involve others with me my husband watched the chosen together so you don't have to be alone spending time with god mm-hmm. so he's amazing he's just it's it's it gets fun Mm-hmm. Like it gets, it. it gets mad fun. So, Rosalind, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell the people how to connect with you, what to do? All of yeah, those things. So, uh,
1: first things first, please join the challenge. Do not Thanks. let, um, Half of March go by and you don't join. Please mm-hmm. join. We would love to have you. It's completely free, so no risk to you, um, and you would get you will get so much. Again, y'all, two hundred fifty women have gone through this challenge before. We are hoping to have a plethora of more. So please, please join. Yeah. Um, connect with us in the society. The second place you can find me is on Instagram. Um, I'm at Rosanne Renee, or you can find me on my podcast Therapy as a Christian. It's everywhere podcasts are, and I would love to have you listen. Um, And yeah, those are like the three main places you can find me, and that's
0: all. Yes, and make sure if you are struggling, child, with just trying to yes, get yourself you
1: are struggling with your time managing your time wanting to have more balance um you really find that you are really wanting to execute on things and what you mm-hmm. struggle with self-sabotage and you procrastinate please hit me up sis because I would love to help you cool up. Um, and I do a, a couple of um a couple of things with that with through show up sis so please just hit me up on instagram dm me um and I would love to help you
0: Yes, it's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Let's quote Maya Angelou phenomenal woman i'm a woman phenomenally. phenomenally yes so Rosalind, thank you so much as always as she stated y'all make sure y'all pull up if you have friends tell them to pull up too y'all can um join together do the challenge if you decide to stay in the community you absolutely can we have a great time um they like everybody be going out to brunch we be bibling and we be brunching in the in the society child. Yes. So um, make sure that you sign up, send the link to your friends and really, you know, even if you currently spend time with God, you can always get fresh revelation. We have some incredible speakers coming. So make sure that you click the link in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you click the link in the description box. And oh, also subscribe y'all to my uh, YouTube channel because I'm out here trying to do some things. We got a vlog coming. Amen. A vlog. Um, but yes, yeah, so thank you so much. This has been another episode of God Goes and Girl Talk, and we will holler at you later. Bye. I pray you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you stay connected with us throughout the week by following us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk, hitting us up on Twitter at GGGT Podcast, and checking out our website, www.godgoalsandgirltalk.com. The website is lit. It has a free resource library, and you can search podcast episodes based on topics, all the things, okay? So until next week, continue to love God, love people, and love yourselves. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.